We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. everybody welcome back to another episode of talk of the tundra your green bay packers podcast that is a proud partner of the Eurostep podcast network and the blue wire family as always i am your host numak coming to you with another talk of the tundra off-season podcast this time we're going to dive a little bit into the packers making a big splash in the coaching hire for their defensive coordinator and to talk all about that with me is my lovely friend and gorgeous co-host jordan trusky jordan how you doing buddy Doing well, doing well on this fine, undisclosed evening. I didn't want to say what day it is, but everybody knows we re- <laughs> usually when we record. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, I got a little pizzazz. I'm going to plug Cruising for a Bruising early. Go check out Cruising for a Bruising because they're going to have a Corbin Burns trade probably pretty soon. And that'll be fun yeah. to listen to. So I've got a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of real punchy, Jordan. Corbin Burns isn't my favorite baseball team anymore. That makes me very happy. Pow, pow, pow. Anyways, the big news. Of, I Listen, man. Briefly, Brewers talk on this Packers yeah, podcast. Briefly. We're, we're in the offseason. I am very, I was very, very sick of watching that man putt on the mound. I, I, I just didn't care for his tantrums, his attitude, his overall demeanor. I, I, I Thank you for the Cy Young years. Thank you for the great years of pitching. So long. Farewell. I bid you adieu. Avita Zane. That's right. And that's that. Anyways, 
1265 Lombardi Avenue has a new defensive coordinator in Jeff Healthy from Boston College University. I think it's wait, actually... wait, wait. How do you say his last name? I said Healthy. Is it Halfley? Halfley. Yeah, there's there's not a first L. There's not a first L. Jeff yeah. Halfley. I'll, there we go. We'll get there. Okay. It's just a, it's just a weird name. Sorry, Jeff. You just got a weird name. Um, by way of Boston College, where he had a 22 and 26 record, uh, formerly the co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State in one of their better defensive years, formerly the I believe cornerbacks coach for the San Francisco 49ers under Robert Sala. Um, notably, not like I should say not friends. There was a lot of like rumors going around Packers Twitter that Matt Lafleur and um, Jeff. I'm gonna Halfley. say halfly. I'm gonna. I gotta get in the rhythm of saying it. Halfly, um, we're friends. They did not overlap um, at all anywhere coaching, but his good friends Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala knew him quite well. So and his brother and his brother Mike. Mike. So not a nepotism hire, for sure not. But just kind of like, like, do you like your friend? Is he a good coach? Should we hire him? Kind of thing, which is interesting. Um. But yeah, he. We'll get a little bit more into it in a second here, but definitely a name that came out of nowhere, right? Like we thought. I don't think he he wasn't even close to being mentioned in our nope. in our roundup of possible candidates. Like this guy came out of nowhere. No, um, shout out to Bart Winkler for um, his hilarious tweet of. It's clearly in the camcorder setting, so you can see the date. I think it's like November or something, 2023. And he just goes on and on about like, this Halfley guy, this Boston College coach, you know, the Packers might be looking for a D coordinator this offseason. Maybe he's the guy. I don't know. Like, he just, the joke is that he, you know, performed it after the fact. To your point, yeah, this is such a stunning drop because one it was wednesday night at like five so we're in the wednesday night dump zone you know hour i i have my push notifications on for nfl insiders so i have Schefter and ian rapaport and so i see officially official so i'm like oh maybe it's some the washington still hadn't uh filled their head coaching vacancy at the time so i was thinking is that i was like who the hell is this dude? Who's Jeff Halfley? Like, Boston College, what's going on? And then, of course, you, you know, deep dive into it. So, yeah, this is like, it's not, it's not the fact that he wasn't on the radar. It's the fact that he wasn't even in the league. You know I mean? Like, it, this is not a detriment to what he is and what he could be with the Packers. But, you know, all of our focus on the search that was clearly tight-knit, like, the even the details that, had come out in the last week since Joe Barry got fired. Basically, since interviews started rolling in, Brandon Staley, we were talking about this last week, where Rob Domofsky reports that Brandon Staley's not a candidate. Next day, literally after... After our, we recorded. After we recorded <laughs> that. Brandon Staley's the first guy to get interviewed. So yeah, this whole process of, of the interviewing and who is up for the candidates, what may or may have may have not been promised or alleged to have been promised to um, coaching candidates. It was a wild week, but obviously Packers got their guy and specifically Matt LaFleur got his guy. So um, from there, I think just 
it's nice to not think about the process of it for right now, because certainly you know come playoff or playoff time. I'm already talking about playoffs. Come regular season, and if things aren't you know gelling the way that we hope that they will, you know, we'll kind of look back and be like, what the hell happened here? And I would certainly be interested in what Lafleur says if we hear from him anytime soon. Obviously, with the offseason, you know, who knows? But I would like to hear what he identified throughout the process because I, I do think it's really interesting that he went to the college route even if I would not consider Halfley as a college guy I think his roots in the NFL are very clear and very that's where his, everything that he ran kind of centered you know yeah. whether it's a Boston College or Ohio State yeah I think that is definitely a big swing right like I, I think it was Peter Bukowski wrote an article for the Leap Six or whatever that that blog his blog is called, um, but wrote about how it was pretty close to the chest. This entire uh, process was mostly because he opined that Matt Lafleur didn't want to have to one get embarrassed, two because of if the candidates who he was interviewing came out and leaked, and that they didn't take the job, similar to what happened with Jim Leonard the first time around then that's just like he didn't want to go through all that again where he has to answer questions about well why do you think jim leonard said no to the job he's a hometown kid he worked for wisconsin yada 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 i just don't think that is what they uh what matt lafleur wanted to have happen and so i think that's why it was we didn't hear a whole lot about it. i think it was forget remember if, if i get names right it was chris parker and christian um, parker yeah and um brandon stanley were the only two that we heard about getting interviewed and I'm sure they interviewed. No. Who was the other one? Bobby Babich, or Rubik. He eventually got promoted to Buffalo's. They did. They did interview him. They did. Okay. Um, I know he was like his, his name was was floated around. I had forgotten and missed that he had interviewed. Chris Orr, who eventually got the the Baltimore coordinator job. Another. Well, I don't. Is that he got the D coordinator job? There was there was rumors that he was going to go with Mike McDonald to Seattle, to Seattle. And then Ravens. You know, I missed that too. Yeah. Um. So regardless of it all, clearly that this was kept close to the chest. I think for that reason, as well as if I mean, if these guys are getting promoted to their their own teams, D coordinator positions, I wonder what that's like and where. Um where Jeff Halfley really fell on the rankings of where they like who they wanted as a, as a D coordinator. It's not worrisome. It's I'm just skeptical. Like I know we haven't seen a lick of his defense. We don't know a whole lot about it. Like I don't, we know it's like some things about it. He loves to play press press man on the corners. Like that's a big plus for me. He does a lot of stunts and sends backers and uh, blitzers through the same gap, which is an interesting wrinkle I don't think we ever saw from Joe Barry over the last two seasons. And I think he just has the acumen to really make corners better, especially if you're playing press. Like, I, I you know me, I'm a fan of, of press man. I don't really like giving 10 yards of cushion to a receiver getting off his route. And so that I'm a fan of. What I'm not so certain i'm a fan of is the lackluster record at boston college he what he brought the uh, boston college eagles to bulls in three of his four seasons at boston college but his record there was 22 and 26 and 
I don't think I could name you a whole lot of Boston College um, graduates from his time there. AJ Dillon is one, but he was not there the same no. time as Jeff Hafley. Exactly. I could I could name them for you. Go for it. So, first year under Jeff uh, Jeff Hafley, um, a familiar name. Isaiah McDuffie got drafted by the Green Bay Packers in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL Draft. Hunter Long also got uh, drafted by the Miami Dolphins that same draft in the third round, a tight end. Uh, Zion Johnson, a first uh, round guard last year. And then, or sorry, in 2022. And then last year, probably easily, maybe one of the best Boston College players ever. Uh, Zay Flowers. Oh, I forgot about Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. I forgot, yeah. I forgot he went to Boston College. Um, and if you really think about it, too, Zay Flowers is probably a, a player that Halfley recruited. recruited. Yeah. Notably, 2021, when uh, Isaiah Duffy was drafted, I think it was this ensuing season after McDuffie got drafted. Yeah, but um, Halfley's defense in 21 was third in passing yards per game allowed. A top 30 and the 30 in the country in total defense, red zone defense, first downs allowed, third down rate, team passing efficiency, and defensive TDs, and had the AC, and led the ACC in fewest penalties allowed. That's now two years ago. It's two years removed. So, like, I think the coaching ability is there. And it, I don't think the, the Boston College defense was that um, this, this past this past season i'm looking at some of their um some of their stats here and they're they're fine they allowed on average 385 yards per game um didn't create a whole lot of turnovers looks like 1.3 a game ish so that's better than i get i bet you it's better than the packers honestly um packers enforce a lot of turnovers but i i'm i'm skeptical i i don't know a whole lot about it i'm i'm open to be persuaded and just like open to see how he goes like i'm not gonna say it's bad after three games because this is a process as we all know i'm just would have i need to do some educating of, of, of his defensive style and watch some some boston college tape and see what the schemes look like frankly yeah i think i mean that's the biggest position that we'll judge him from just because you're the head coach there previously you had one year of of being a d coordinator and it was a it was a position that he held alongside a co-defense coordinator so you have to answer for everything if you're the head coach of a of a not a top flight program in college football so let we'll be honest about that yep and coming at a time when all these things you know a pandemic comes through and NIL comes through and all this stuff. I know there's been a lot of talk about why he already left and the frustrations of the and the demands that that job asked for. I think that is it's really hard to just be a football a college football coach at a a program that is not the elite of the elite. You know, I mean they're the the ACC. Boston College, I can't remember the last time they were maybe like a powerhouse in terms of like vying for the Matt Ryan led Boston College 
called in the year. I was gonna say it's probably Matt Ryan or even like mid two thousands of like being up there. So for me, like the one thing I, 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 it's honestly kind of irrelevant to me because it's so it is so dependent on recruiting. Oh yeah, it is so dependent on the the roster builds are so different. Whereas now, like what I think where the where I'm not gonna give slack is like how can these things that he's was building defensively in college with lesser talent, obviously lesser blue chip players that he had coached with Ohio State. Right. Like that year, if you look at all the stuff of like, oh, they you know, Ohio State improved from being like seventy second overall the year before to be like the first deep like the best defense in all of the country yeah there and it's like it's ohio state yeah his (laughs) his one season at ohio state they were fourth in scoring at 13 points a game uh first in total defense and 260 yards per game first in pass defense at 156 eighth in rush defense at 104 so like from what i understand he wasn't the play caller he was more of like the the coach of the players and i think i forget what his what his name was that who was he was co-defensive coordinator with it starts with um yes not remember it um but he was the defensive coordinator calling plays so that'll be something a wrinkle to understand with like not a wrinkle it's context to understand with his success at ohio state yeah yeah I, i the thing to me is like he's ultimately going back to where he is suited his his background is being a defensive backs coach and building up from there i think that to me is a lot more interesting where he's obviously he has kind of a very blended coaching tree that he's come from it's not just oh look at the shanahan world it's like no he came under mike Patton too like there is good in that you know it can build different schemes and that in the early kind of um fallout from the hire and stuff like that flexibility has been a big word that has been preached and all that stuff i think for me like ultimately like with his background being so extensive and the the types of players that he's worked with like richard sherman darrell revis um a late career ronde barber when he made his way into the nfl with tampa bay it reorients the kind of emphasis with the defense for the Packers that I'm really interested in. Like, we all know that it's about getting after the quarterback, pressures, pressures, pressures. That that will start and end any possession in terms of, or hopefully sometimes end any possession, because that's how you get to the quarterback and everything like that. What If you set that as the example, what the Packers do, and the investment level since the Jair and, and Darnell Savage drafts in terms of safety, cornerback, and everything like that. Like, Razul was, Douglas was a, a mid-season pickup waiver wire guy. They skirted, not skirted, but they skated by with starting a seventh-round rookie this year. Yep. A practice squad guy that was a special teamers, or a special teamer guy. That eventually, because they traded Razul and everything like that, they had to start him. They went through a, a whole cycle of safeties this offseason, or last offseason, 
and stuck with the guy that they picked up his fifth year option for. And then everybody was like, uh, are you sure? And they got to the divisional round. They almost got to the championship game, but we all know the process of that. Like that was not reliable. That was not, they was not even consistent day to, game to game throughout the, this regular uh, season. Exactly. So for me, I think it's really interesting that they, that Lafleur specifically has keyed in on that and all the talk. I mean, there's a lot of questions about who's going to be coming back to this team, especially in that, in the secondary, because the safeties literally everybody's free agent or has some kind of contractual ties that the, the Packers can get out of. Yeah. Jair's the only, and Karen to Valentine, he's under contract. Jair is like the only like significant piece under contract for multiple years. I We're think beyond, Gude- beyond next year, right? They have to, they have to decide beyond next on, year. They have to decide on Eric Stokes this this May. Yeah, Eric Stokes has his fifth year option coming up, which we have already talked about. That that's gonna be a no. Yeah. Jair is the key. It's about elevating him to where he was after the last couple of years. It's about playing to his strengths, what he's longed for. You know, he's still in the prime of his career. He's still very young. He's still all these things. There's a lot more the Packers have to build out the, the backside of the defense. We can look at all the, the, the help that they've done on the front seven and specifically on the edges and obviously interior. But I'm really intrigued by where they could go from here and where Halfley is going to have a lot of rain to build the defense in terms of what they do in the secondary, because that to me, you know, in terms of the pieces that they have to build to keep ascending, keep going forward, taking the next leap with this defense. So it, it you know, fully complements itself as a team. The secondary is going to be key and and all everything that comes with it, whether it's just position, whether it's how you line up and everything like that, like it starts with getting people in the building and, and drafting them or free agency, which is a possibility. But yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at Jair and I'm just looking at the, at the secondary to really kind of be, this is where things really shine. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, strong agree. 
strong agree. Like I'm I'm right there with you that this I think this higher I don't want to say hinges on because obviously it hinges on them being good on defense, but with Halfley's cornerback prowess and his ability to coach cornerbacks quite well, like you said, Jair is the guy. If they can make Jair into all pro level Jair again and really lock him in to being that type of lockdown corner and that best corner in the NFL um, ability that he has, I think that's going to be crucial. And like you said, having the ability to coach up Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine and whatever cornerback they draft in the in the draft is going to be, I think, really crucial. Because as of right now, the front four is is doing fine. Like the the interior defensive line and the edge rushers are doing well. Could they be better? Of course. But I think what is what is notable about this is that I think I, I forget where I saw it or who I saw it from, but it's they are going to allow, um, they're going to allow Halfley to bring in his own staff if you if you'd like to. That is in dispute, but I think that is trending towards that direction. I'm just saying that as okay. we record. Yes, and so I am of the opinion that that should be the case. There's been it's been a little too chummy around around here, Jordan, with the. Uh, with the position coaches, like they got rid of the strength and conditioning coach, which I think is a is a good is a good thing. Um, they had fired somebody else, and I can't remember who who it is. Barry, is that was that the only two? That was the only two. Yeah, but the strength the strength and conditioning coach makes sense. They had two players with lingering issues all year long at their top positions between Christian Watson and Eric Stokes. Like, from what I've heard around the NFL, this isn't source, but just talk on Twitter and other and other uh, uh, articles. Source Numa. It's not Source's Numa. Um, <laughs> is that the Packers strength and conditioning like regimen is outdated. It's just, it's like the, um, the picture of the old New York Giants athletic trainer. And they all would make jokes about how you'd hear, you'd heal an ACL by rubbing butter on it. Like that kind of outdated, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about or no, or why? Yeah. Okay. Um, that kind of outdated regimen that just isn't rooted in, it's obviously rooted in modern science, but not like breaking edge, pushing the envelope science to help get players back and performing at their best level when they need to. Evidenced by re-injuries to Christian Watson as often as he did, and Eric Stokes for that matter. And so bringing in a fresh new staff with this new defensive coordinator hire, I think is a good idea. Like, see what you can do with a new voice in the room coaching up Devontae Wyatt, coaching up Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden. See what you can mix up with um, for linebackers. Like, Quay Walker is doing well. I think he has potential to be a really good linebacker. But, like, can you find a guy that can speak to Quay Walker to make him just a, a, a better version of himself? Same thing with Isaiah McDuffie. Like, this, I think this is a good, a good idea. I don't want the same old, same old. Uh, for the coaching staff. Like, I think they have opportunities to grow a lot on the defensive side of the ball. And that obviously starts with coaching and how you're able to get the best out of these players. And to your point, I mean, when they hired Barry, he had inherited the Mike Patton's, entire staff yeah. at the time. So yeah. they can really wipe the slate clean and start fresh in terms of getting new, sending a new message and, and developing players in a different way that 
yeah, like people, they're, it's not that they didn't have success stories or people didn't, you know, develop over the last couple of years, but I do think there's more good in kind of finding new people to mm-hmm. kind of take this forward. Because if you already started at the top with, hey, we, we want to go to a different direction, why why wouldn't that trickle down? Yep, I I totally agree. I'm right there with you. Like, it, bringing in a guy to be the guy, but then not hire the people that he wants to hire to help implement that defense, I think is like cutting yourself off at the knees. Like, you're just you're selling yourself short of what your potential defense could be with the guy you hired to make it good. Right. Like, I think that's just, to me, it's common sense. I get the, the devil's advocate argument of that being maybe you don't want the first, um, the first year NFL defensive coordinator to hire all of his new staff. You don't have a proven track record of how you can lead at the NFL level. He is like college defensive coordinator experience. And he has had coach experience at the college level, but they don't have that NFL experience at this level of um, level of coaching, and so that's where I'm just like, screw it, let him let him hire his own team or his own staff, and make the vision of what he wants his defense to be come to fruition through them. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Anything else on? Uh... Jeff Halfley, do we have a introductory press conference time yet? No, I, I not yet. I don't think. I'd imagine we went pretty soon. You had yeah. mentioned like soon as we talked to uh, talked to Matt Lafleur, I'd bet you it's the combine. So, I'll, oh yeah, that's good. that's about, a good about about yeah. a month. It's allegedly, sort of secretively, Jordan. It's February first. <laughs> An indiscriminate time. So about a month away from the combine. I think the combine's usually at the end of the month, beginning of March kind of time. Leap year too. It is a leap year. We get an extra day. We get an extra day in there. A Lambo leap year. A Lambo. That's right. They they better do something that day. That's just like such easy social content. If oh they, yeah. They, I'll yeah. do it for you, Packers. Hire me, please. Hire me, please. <laughs> um. So, with all that being said, we'll we'll hear about from Matt Lafleur soon enough. If they don't have an introductory press conference for Jeff Hapley, if not at the combine in like a month, so so that's that. Um, nothing else, Jordan, or should we move on to uh, the GM and his press conference that he had? Let's let's move on to Monsieur Brian Gutekunst. All right. Um, full disclosure: I did not get a chance to watch this, so. We're gonna let Jordan drive this conversation, and I'm gonna react like a like the fan that I am of, of Jordan doing monologues. But uh, react along the way. Yeah, uh, Brian Gukun said his end of season press conference today, Thursday. Um, obviously, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, it uh, it was a. Let's <laughs> just get this out of the way. It was a different tenor than the last time he talked to the press because that was. Post Razul trade. If that was not the day after, it was like the the week, right? For I'm, my for post Razul trade. Yes. Yeah, I think it was like the day after. It was the day after. Yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, because we it, talked about. Yeah. It. Yes. Um. And the team was two and six at the time, or wherever it was like, 
there were a lot of dire questions and Brad Krukowitz was a lot kept. I think if we, if you go back and listen to us talk about it, we were very just like, this guy has, it's quite the attitude for a team that doesn't know what it's doing right now. And then, you know, now that vindication has been, been made on multiple fronts, he was a lot more um, upbeat and, and talking about things very candidly, but, it started with Jordan Love, and it was very obvious that he and Jordan Love and his rep- representation, they're going to work out a new deal this year. Obviously, rules prevent that from happening before, I believe, May 1st of this year. But it's clear that both sides are wanting to <laughs> extend this further, continue this partnership together, because, you know, why wouldn't it? I sure hope um, so. Exactly. Uh, the next big topic of discussion was about Jair Alexander. Um, Guru Kunst was very happy with how things kind of resolved itself post coin flip, post suspension. Um, those things are difficult. This is me speaking for Brian Guru Kunst. These are his words. Those things are difficult and those things are tough. But at the end of the day, it allowed all of us to kind of reset and really, I was really proud of the way that Jair responded to that. And really, he really helped us moving forward. Um, he was immediately asked whether he would entertain trading Jair Alexander during the offseason, which he flatly said no. Which, big fan of. Big fan of. I know at times I've lost my cool with Jair and it was very clear. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're, you're, what's, I don't think you're wrong for it. No. And I think, I think it's very obvious that people within the organization, kind of, Packerland, were kind of reaching a wit's end. So they felt that they had to, you know, step in. (laughs) Yes, clearly. Um, And yeah, we're better for it. For right now and obviously big things are coming ahead hopefully for Jair as he yeah. continues to bounce back. I think also trading Jair just puts them in a horrendous spot in the secondary. Like... Yeah, there's nothing... I mean, we talked about it after the Razul trade. Right. It, it's just him. If they, if, they, if they trade Jair, they're running out the last year of Eric Stokes, depending on how what his injury was. We never found that out after he went on IR um, late in the season. And then... It was, oh. I believe, his hamstring. It was his hamstring? Not again. Again. But... So, Eric, the, uh, Eric Stokes recovering from another injury. Then Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine. Like, it's it's, it's fine. The, the Corey Valentine and Carrington Valentine did well. But to trot them out as your one and two against some of the best receivers of football isn't tenable, obviously. And they're not picking high enough. Um, in the draft to really get a premium rookie cornerback that could hold their weight. Like they won't be able to take probably either of the Alabama cornerbacks, uh, Colin McKinstry and the other guy who has a less cool name. Same thing with um, Cooper DeGene. Like they're probably not going to draft him on Iowa. And so at 25, you're kind of in the, in a weird zone of getting like maybe a top guy, maybe you're starting cornerback of the future, but Look at Jair. They dropped the Jair, I think, 18th, right, Jordan? 18th, 13th, something like that? 18th. He actually might have been 20s. At, well, they drafted Jair and Savage the same year. I think it was Jair first, then Savage. 
And I think one was teens and one was early 20s. 18th, you're correct. Let's 2018. No. Savage is the following what? year because he came with Rashawn Gary. What 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 pick was Jair? 18th. In 2018? Got it. Got it. I, go. thought, I thought we were having this conversation. 18 and 18. Got it. Regardless, they're picking 25 this year. That's I think that's just too far back along with the along with the corner or the teams that are ahead of them that need corner help as well. Like I just don't think they'll be able to be in a position to draft one of the top corners, which is unfortunate because they they need one. So, we'll yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll get way more into into draft prospects later into the into the offseason, but my the point about if trading if you're trading Jair, what are you really doing? Unless you're trading Jair to get to like pick ten or pick fifteen, along with yeah. picks next year, picks next year, and things like that. Like they would need a haul for it to make it worth it for this year because we're at the point now where okay, Jordan Love is cheap. We we need to reallocate money towards pieces that are going to help winning while Jordan Love is cheap. And yep. trading Jair helps with that but makes a team i think for sure worse in the in the short term yeah sorry and yeah go ahead no that's okay um next subject went to anders carlson oh in the topic of bringing another kicker throughout the year (laughs) i think you're gonna be very surprised at this answer i probably will be to quote goody as we went through the season, we were committed to going through the ups and downs of what a lot of rookie kickers go through. Certainly what Anders went through is no different than what a lot of guys go through. I think towards the end of the season and when we got to the playoffs, if there was a veteran option out there, we would have considered it, but there wasn't. He was the best option by far, and we're really excited about where he's going. I thought that was a very interesting answer. I think it was very easy to be like, well, obviously, he did really focus on in an Sorry, he didn't really focus on the obviously how this his season ended. But if you're going by the line of hey, we rode we rode or died with our our rookies and second year players all year long at premium positions too, including our quarterback. You know, why would we deviate away from that with our kicker? Just throwing that out there. Robbie Gould is available. Is all I'm saying. You you make that face, Jordan. I want you to think about how Rob- old is Robbie Gould right now? Forty. Really? Forty. That's what I'm I saying, dog. Older. That's what I'm saying. That was like, very ageist of me. That's right. Um. I I I wouldn't have like. I think going into the year, it's a poor choice, but I, he had a PAT uh, percentage of 98%. He had a field goal percentage of 84 and a half last year. Like I, I don't, it's obviously not amazing, but I think what was honors in like the sixties. Let me double check, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that they didn't do their due diligence on a new kicker. I just think the idea of um, Anders was at 81. So higher than 60s like I had presumed. Um, the idea that there wasn't one out there, I think, is a little 
bit of gloss to make it look like they did their their due diligence because you can always find a kicker. You can always find a kicker, but like to find a good one when you don't know. Right, but like they had like I think Ryan Suckup got picked up at one point. Robbie Gould is available because he never got picked up. Uh, I think Randy Bullock was bouncing around. Not that he's something to be desired. He's fine. But um, I forget if Brett Maher, the former Cowboys kicker, was out there or if he got signed. He somewhere. was He was on the Rams and then he got cut. Yep. Oh, I think because he, he missed. Did he miss kicks? I he was he missing kicks. kicks and then they cut the kicker cut. that they cut for him. Yeah. Rams had a lot of. Churn. A lot of yes, yeah, this year, a kicker, but the my my point being right, bringing somebody to challenge Anders, maybe they did and they just didn't get reported, but I don't know. That's just my sixth sense. Fair. Um, Aaron Jones, Bregu Koontz is very, uh, very. What's the word? Put Adam. it plainly. Hmm. That uh, he wants Aaron Jones back. We'd love to have Aaron Jones back. He was such a difference maker when he was out there this year. Changed a lot of the way that we operated when he was healthy, not just on the field. He's such an influential leader in the locker room. He's really the heartbeat of our team. So that's the anticipation that he'll be back. I'm going to let you go to the next part because I have opinions that counter both of these. Um, Immediately after talking about Aaron Jones, uh, Jason Wildy, I can always pick out when he's asking questions because he has a very Brian about David. He's just like that kind of like that voice. <laughs> I shouldn't be openly talking about Packers personalities and beat writers this way, but this is how I. I mean, you're not wrong. He has a very distinct cadence. So about David, um, uh, no, uh, it's about David Bakhtiari and just what the hell the Packers and he are going to do, um. It was very evident. It was kind of a tone shift of like, it wasn't necessarily putting out the same, like, yeah, we want David back. It was more of, we're st- to specifically quote Goody. We're still at the beginning stages of everything. Obviously, David has been through a very rough stretch of injuries. He's going through a major surgery, trying to get back to, to be able to play. So, so we're monitoring that. I know he's working his tail off. And once we're down the road, We'll see where he's at health-wise and make those decisions. I think he will not be back next year. I do not think he is back. Aaron Aaron Jones, Goody said, we want him back next year. He is our leader in the clubhouse. Like, we we value him on our team. As soon as he asked about David Bakhtiari, it got real real wishy-washy real fast. Like... And I'm not just not gonna say without good reason because it's hard at that salary number to keep a guy around when you don't know if he's gonna play or not. Like that's just the sad reality of it. You you as a fan base, as an organization, as the guy himself doesn't know if he, when he's gonna play again because he came into this year we thought healthier than ever. He plays what I think two games, Jordan maybe. Maybe three. It was just one. At that, I, I didn't want to go was, that grim off my. It was the Bears. Yeah, and then he was out for a week. We thought maybe it's just rest or not playing on turf at the uh, Metrodome and, or I'm sorry, the Mercedes Benz Dome in Atlanta. Um, 
we didn't know if he wa- didn't want to play there because of the turf, which is where he injured it first at in practice and has had opinions on turf his entire injury history since sustaining the first one. But then once we came back to Lambeau against the Saints, he wasn't playing. That's when it was like, oh, okay, like this is an actually, a, actually a serious injury and we don't know. We got the grim news a few weeks later that he'd have a couple surgeries and it was just not great. Like it, it's just, it's just hard. I'm not saying I don't want him back at his peak performance level because I do, but we don't. I don't know. think that's attainable. Though. I don't think it's attainable anymore. I it's think, just... I think what happened last year, 2022, was the best that David Bakhtiari will be post first, second round of of everything that's happened. Like the, it's just the nature of just where he's at physically. And that there's been so much damage in a very short amount of time. Like there's multiple instances of of trying to get back to being an all pro. And he was. He was it, it, they, the Packers did not go to the playoffs in 2022, but David Boxyari put in a hell of a year, even with all the things that he missed yep. at the start of the year, limited in, in practice and stuff like that. Like I give him so much credit for coming back. It's not easy to come back. We we're so conditioned to athletes and specifically NFL players to come back after what would be ridiculous layoff times. Like Kingsley, sorry, JJ Arribari tore his ACL in the Dallas Cowboys game. And I'm reading like all the stuff afterwards. It's like, well, he's expected to be back by the start of next year. It's like, that's not a normal thing. <laughs> that's not normal. And we just, we're just used to that. So for me, like, I, I think it's just a this is it's we're going on 21 22 three 23 years. 23 so it's like three three plus almost four really cuz I'm mixing it up with it was a 2020 year but 2021 playoffs so we're three years past when David Bakhtiari got hurt initially right and to kind of be in the same, not ground floor, but you're you're having to work up that ladder again. That's not easy. That's not easy, especially for a guy that's north of thirty. Plays at a position that is not forgiving on your body and your bones and everything like that, as he's experienced firsthand. It's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, I'm with you. It sucks. Like, it it just sucks. But yeah, I I think it. Goody's comments made it pretty clear that. It back. felt like a record scratch too, of like, <laughs> no, no, of of watching him talk about Aaron Jones as right. he mentioned, and then it was like, Grrr! and then <laughs> it's like, uh, David, we will be exploring, yeah, 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 that kind of thing. So, all right, who's up next? Uh, uh, talk about the defense. His vision for the defense. Um, this is basically. Goody's first kind of comments on why they the Packers made the change. And he kind of talked about Jeff Halfley, but it wasn't anywhere specific. So he, he kind of left that up to uh, Matt LaFleur to more answer of, of Jeff's background of what he wants to play and everything like that. Anyway, Brian Gutekunst. Um, I thought this year there were moments for us where we were really good, but I think there is much more out there for us. I thought we... We played pretty consistent football in the front seven. On the back back end is where we probably where we were probably not as consistent as we needed to be. And I would like for that to be shored up. There'll be 
there'll probably be some moving pieces there going into next year. It's kind of like how it always is. I want a fast, aggressive, physical defense that plays sound, but the consistency is what we look for. I think the playing sound part is the biggest thing. Like, you know my opinion on them tackling. Like, they just need to tackle better. They 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 have to. They I've oh I've pined for a Ravens style defense for a very long time. Mm-hmm. On I guess as a fan and on this podcast as well. Just find a defense that can allow very few yards after catch, very few yards after contact. And I think that is a great a great defense, just like a, a great base for a defense, right? Just be on them like white on rice, flies on shit, all that kind of stuff. It, and they just don't like they they just, there's bad tackling sometimes. Like I think it was, uh to not to hark on sad times, but I think the Christian McCaffrey touchdown, the the long run. If he just if Devontae Wyatt just wraps up and tackles Christian McCaffrey, it's not a touchdown or a big game like it was. Like he had him dead to rights in the backfield wrapped up and just let go. Yeah. Like they just need to be more sure tacklers. And that'll solve a lot of their problems. Yeah. Agreed. Um I thought this next right. quote I saw I saw this next quote um a bit on uh on on Twitter today. Like I like I said I didn't get a chance to watch it but I did see this one I believe. Uh, Brian Kuntz was asked whether the Packers have gotten ahead of schedule or what. How do they kind of envisioned post Rogers life and everything like that? Um, to quote Goody, sometimes when you put too many expectations on young guys, it limits your abilities. I went into this year with few expectations. This is the Green Bay Packers, after all, so we expect to come compete for championships at all times. But I wanted to see how fast and how quickly this team could get up to speed and compete at a high level. There was adversity, as there always is, and to see them come out of the way that they did was exciting. For every year is a different year. We had a lot of players early in their careers play a lot this year. That's unusual around here, and I think the big thing for them going into year two is that just because you had success in year one doesn't mean that your spot is safe for next year. We had a lot of players early in their careers play a lot this year. That's unusual around here. That's, I think, one of the more veiled shots we've ever seen. Like, veil. What do you What do you mean? That's a. I think that's a pretty stark shot at how Aaron Rodgers wanted this team ran when he was here. Like, I think that's because you know as well as I do, Rodgers didn't like playing the young guys. He didn't. He didn't like throwing to them at all, and. I think that's a big part of what they're made them good this year. Like think about, I, I don't want to go into the whole Rogers part of it, but he liked his veterans. He wanted them on the team. He always fixated on the seventh round four year vet guy that they still had around for some reason was never that good. Jake Kumaro, Jeff Janis, the list goes on. They Rogers leaves they played the the young guys that they drafted to see what they have, and they're good. Like, I don't mean to play, like, look into my, my mirror ball here, my, my pond or my orb, but, like, Devontae was good in year three. What does year one or year two Devontae look like if he gets better run as a rookie, as a second-year guy? 
I don't know. I just think that this way that they approach this year, while not tenable every year, is a good thing to try once in a while. Like it just they they fell in they fell back into into their ways of like I think Randall Cobb coming back on the team last year is a great example of this. Like they did, did they need Randall Cobb? Maybe, probably not. They could have done without him. They would have known that the problem was more Rogers than it was everybody else. It maybe gave more time to Dobbs and other players on the team. I don't know. Like I don't think. I just think this is a. I don't think it's coincidence that they decided to play all their young kids and they did a lot better it, and it looked a lot better at times than it did last year. Cause like even yeah, last I mean, year, I did think... well, it didn't look good. It wasn't fun towards the end. Like no. the, their winning streak wasn't fun. It was just, they were finding ways to win and it looked ugly. It looked like the Packers defense or the Packers offense we had seen since 2015. There wasn't anything yeah. refreshing about it. It was, an Aaron Rodgers led offense, not a motion oriented, like see what they're giving you, Matt Lafleur type of offense. Yeah, I I don't necessarily view that as a shot to Aaron Rodgers. I think it was just the the existence of okay, well we paid the piper, we had to reset. They were in cap hell. They're still in very. It's not as bad as it was, but there is very limited moves that they could only do so that you had to go all in on playing young guys you're only going to get younger as time evolved too especially with injuries especially where you make the trade for Razul to buffalo i think it was it's more about that but it's also kind of naturally their instincts of like we got to build it back up like that's just kind of natural the cycle that you went through with rogers towards the end you made those decisions you made to go for it, and when you don't, you know, you couldn't do what you did in 2022 anymore to try to balance young and old. It was, you had to go no half measures, you know, kind of thing. I guess. Like, I see that point. I see your point where they couldn't do anything. They had to get young because of their cap, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me wanting it to be a shot. You want positive vibes only? Go read the Jets article if you haven't, people, on the Athletic. If you want a good, if you want to laugh, if you want a, a good reason to be even more of a reason to be happy or clear of that man, go read the Jets article from the Athletic by Deanna uh, Rossini and uh, others. It was a good one. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Um. On free agency plans or whether the Packers will be aggressive this offseason, Brady Gunkoons, I think we're going getting into a better spot than in the past. It's never perfect, but I do feel that whatever opportunities are out there to improve our team in free agency, we'll be able to do it. Works for me. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, works for me. Um, on their draft pick arsenal, uh, they're expecting a le- or sorry, we're expecting eleven draft picks total, and we'll have more volume at the top than we've ever had. Gives us a lot of flexibility, whether that's staying and picking, moving around, maybe even trading those picks for veteran players. Who knows? It just gives us a lot more, a little bit more flexibility. I think that, along with being in a better cap situation and flexibility, there. That's interesting. That's a that's an interesting little tidbit that they uh, that he said there. Very. 
Yeah. I don't necessarily think it's going to come to fruition, but but this is kind of, okay, you have a lot of picks. If you're trying to kind of build this out more, are you going to be more patient or are you going to try to, like, find your, you know, what is the catalyst move to kind of state your intentions? Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's a mystery box thing, right? It's the old family guy joke. Do you want the boat or do you want the mystery box? Could be anything. The boat. It could be, be anything in the box. Could be a boat. Um, my current opinion, I think I said this at the pod. I forget. I've been mulling over the draft options on here on this pod, as well as in the discord which you can join at gspn.info as we talk all things Wisconsin sports. But I think currently my preferred plan of attack from a draft standpoint is to keep 25, but trade uh, the Jets second and one of the thirds to move up into the the teens to... uh to get another first round talent there whether like because I, I forget who it was i think it has is a good trade partner let me um pull up tankathon here as they tankathon has a um a fun tool where they have draft power rankings where they go and look at like who has the most value for their picks and notably i think it's the saints have pick 14 and pick 45 and so after pick 45 they don't pick for another 103 picks until pick 148 my god my idea is to say hey saints you a team that uh guri coons has uh participated in draft night trades before Mm -hmm. that's how they get that year yep hey saints you currently have two picks in the top 100 would you like three? And that could mean trading them 41 and um, 58, the two second round picks, and then getting uh, getting 14 from them. So the Packers would pick at 14 and 25 and then not pick again until uh, 88. Like, I think that's a good, a good trade from my Packers perspective. I don't know what the Saints think about that, obviously. This, you're, you're, you're dropping... 25-ish spots, 27 spots, to pick twice in the second round and then once in the third round. So it kind of, you take away the first round pick and you could move back a little bit, but that that was kind of my pie-in-the-sky, pipe-dream type of trade. Move up into the teens, draft, um, whether it be uh, Cooley McKinstry or um, Terry and Arnold or... If you really want to go oh, like tackle at that point, you can do that. Or Cooper DeGene if you want to draft him. Like, there, There's options for you if you move up into the mid-high teens. You get back down to 25, you're kind of looking at a third or fourth best tackle. Maybe you take a, a swing on um, Keon Mitchell or um, Cameron Kitchens at safety. But regardless, that that's my hope for that is they have those assets they have 11 of them they can't keep 
I don't think they use all eleven, frankly, because that's a lot of. I don't think so either. I think that's a I lot think of players. A lock. It's a it's a lot of players to put on this already young team. They need to get like either high level young talent, which is up in the first round of the draft, or like he said, trade them for for veterans. I checked. Buda Baker has a club option for next year at fourteen million dollars at safety. You could that could be a stopgap and sign him to an extension, but. I think he's going to be getting a lot more money than the Packers can afford to pay Jair and Buda Baker, for what it's worth. But that's just my two cents on that. I think I'd rather consolidate the picks into better picks versus paying veterans. Like I like this, I would like this team to stay somewhat young yet, but be talented while young. Yeah, I not to. Yeah, yep. yeah, not not to trade your picks for middle to near end of their prime guys because that's who you're gonna get right like with the with a lot of picks they have they have a first two seconds and i think two thirds yeah the rest the other six of those picks are after the third round and you don't really get high level players for those kind of picks usually unless you're the panthers and trade christian mccaffrey for a song (laughs) Regardless, that's my take on the free agents versus picking picks kind of thing. Uh, last one here. Um, Gregory Koontz asked about Rasheed Walker. Um, quote Goody. I think he did a great job. You got to give this ki- this kid a lot of credit. And his work ethic over the offseason, he improved tremendously. He's very plug and play, whether it's on the left or right. I'm hoping that we'll have a lot of competition in every room, much less the offensive line. But he did a lot of good things. He's got a bright future, and we're really excited about him. I think rightfully so. He played well this year. So they'll, they'll probably draft another tackle. This is a very good offensive tackle class. I think the Packers will be very tested with whether they believe Rasheed Walker is the blind side for Jordan Love's future, or do they move guys around? Because now for... I mean, going into the year, I think they carried like 11 offensive linemen. It was a lot. Now, John Rodney Jr., I mean, he might be, uh, not might be, he looks like he's gone. A lot of the guys that they've carried on the roster, whether it's Caleb Jones, Luke Tenuta, do those guys pan out? Like, you know. They're also gets thin. as well. Yes, they are. It gets thin pretty quick. So, I, I how they manage beyond the starting five is going to be really interesting. Interesting. It's going to be interesting for sure. Alrighty. Thank you, Jordan, for running through Goody's press conference. I feel like you, you, you spoke to his demeanor and class very well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That is a way to say good job. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Last but not least, we're going to revisit our preseason predictions. Um, but before that, we're going to go through the cheese board tally one last time, just so everyone's aware of where we ended up. Leading the way was Jordan Love, obviously, with eight, followed not so closely with by Jaden Reed at four. So Jordan Love doubles up the rest of the field. Preston Smith and Romeo Dobbs had three. Rashawn Gary, Russell Douglas, Devontae Wyatt, Elton Jenkins, Kenny Clark, Isaiah McDuffie, Rudy Ford, Aaron Jones, and Dontavian Wicks with two. 
and Quay Walker, AJ Dillon, Zach Tom, TJ Slayton, Carrington Valentine, Anders Carlson, Christian Watson, Keisha Nixon, Tucker Craft, JJ Enigbare, Bull Melton, and Carl Brooks all with one. And so, with that being said, we had the preseason, we had 20 preseason predictions, one of which we do not know the answer to yet, but we know that we both got it wrong. So, we will start with number one. Predicting Jordan Love's stat line as a first-year starter, we had over-under 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 INTs, and a 93.8 passer rating. You and I uh, all were... We both said under 4,000, which we were wrong on. I said a push at 28 touchdowns, which I was wrong on. I think he had... 31. I, I can read his full stat line here. Okay, I think he had 31, but I forget. He threw for 4,159 passing yards. He threw for 32 touchdowns. Fuck. He had 11 interceptions. He had a 64.2 completion percentage. What was the other thing that we... Uh, passer rating. Passer rating, he had a... Where's passer rating? Am I blind? No, I'm not... He had a 96.1 pass rating. Damn. You're, so I went I went 1 for 4. You went You went 0 for 4. I went 0 for 4. <laughs> the only one I got right was under 13 interceptions. I was off on the other ones. So, uh well, next up, which pack will have more rushing TDs in 2023? We both said Aaron Jones. I believe that is right. Is it not or no? Go for it. What tell me? It's not right. Damn it! <laughs> AJ Dillon. Nope. It is Jordan Love with four. Oh, that's right, because Jones didn't have any of his last three weeks. And oh yeah. He had he had two. AJ Dillon had two. Jaden <laughs> Reed had two. That's funny. Will the Packers have two one thousand yard rushers this year? Uh <laughs> we both said no. <laughs> so we we're yeah. We write that one. Go team. Indicated. Go team. Uh, which Packer will have the most receiving yards? We were both wrong on this one. Christian Watson was both of our answers. I am pretty and sure it was. Uh, it was Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed. Yep. Seven hundred ninety-three. Yep. Which Packer will have the most receiving touchdowns? I said Dobbs. You said Watson. Dobbs was tied for, for first. first? Jaden Reed. That's Eight baby. touchdowns apiece. Christian Watson, despite only playing nine Two. games and catching 28 passes, he had five. Jesus. Yeah, that's a lot more than I thought. Yeah, it's a lot more, than, way more than I thought. Uh, Packer leader in sacks, we both said Rashawn Gary. Did Preston lead this? It was Rashawn Gary by one. Okay. Nine sacks. Okay. He could have had a better season for sure. Like, hopefully that number gets double digits next year. Oh, God. The next one's... Uh, oh, yeah. God. Which pack will have the most interceptions? I don't think Jair had one all year. He had one in... Uh, he had one at least in playoffs, the but playoffs. that's obviously not what we're talking about. Right. That that's. Did you name the, the Packers leader in interceptions this year? It's Rudy By Ford. By the way, the Packers had... What? Is it Rudy Ford? It is Rudy Ford with Achoo! two. Packers had for the regular season... Oh. Seven interceptions. That's so bad. That is dismal. 
No God. wonder they got a freaking yeah secondary yeah coach. Which Packer or all? So will the Packers have a special teams touchdown this year? That was the um the ah uh, the Bears game. Keyshawn Nixon brought it back like a ways, and I was like, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it, and he didn't. Oh. We're both in we on both that We both said one. yes. We, they did not have one this year. Um, Will Anders Carlson make 75% of more of his field goals? I said under. You said over. As we said earlier in the uh, the podcast, he went over at 81.8. You are muted. I cannot hear what you're saying. St- st- still muted or you're yelling way too loud that whispering <laughs> ride, or die. ride or die you are on life support pal <laughs> who will be the breakout player for the Packers this season I said Christian Watson you said Zach Tom I'm wrong I think there's an argument for you despite it being for sure Jaden Reed I think we I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we have avoided going rookies. Did we? If that's the I, case, then I think you're pretty solid. I think that's the feel case. like. I mean, Jay Reed, I, you without it, Jay Reed is probably it. But yeah, Zach Tom is up there. Yep, for sure, especially amongst the not rookies. So nice job there. Who wins the NFC North this year? NFC North this year. I was drinking the Kool Aid, and I said the Packers. Oh, I missed one. I apologize. Oh, I missed one. Yeah, yeah. Who will finish the... Uh, which pack will finish with the most cheeses this season? We both said Aaron Jones. Obviously, we're both wrong. Um, Who wins the NFC North this year? I said the Packers drinking the Kool-Aid. You correctly picked the Lions. So, nice job with that one. Will the Packers make the playoffs this year? We both said yes. Let's go, baby. Uh, over, under... Packers have two and a half pro bowlers. We both said over and we were both wrong. Both wrong. Kenny Clark was a fill in. Yep. Um, predict if the Packers will have any major award winners this, this season. If so, who? I said Matt LaFleur co- for Coach of the Year. I don't think he's even nominated. Um, I don't think so. Rashawn Gary is also not nominated for Comeback Player of the Year. Um, I don't know how you can beat Joe Flacco or DeMar Hamlin. <laughs> um, yeah. Regardless, um, will Aaron Rodgers snaps at the Jets be 65% or higher? We both said yes. I wanted to go no on this one. I, this is probably the one I regret the most because I knew really? the offensive line was bad. I knew the offensive line was bad. It turns out that whole team is a sham. Everybody's leaking Jets crap all over the floor. Positive vibes only, Jordan. Positive Robert Solid just took my phone away. Just like, I just want to make sure it's not you, right? It's not you. It's not you, right? Um, who will have a higher draft pick this year? The Jets or the Packers? Uh, the Packers, you both said we were both We're wrong, both wrong. Which is, I'm not too sad about that. Nope. Who will come out of the NFC this year? I said the Eagles. You said the Seahawks. I was closer <laughs> to I was closer to that one than you are. Sure, the, they were playoff, taking that they dub. Were the <laughs> taking that dub. Um, you uh, don't you make I up don't for it take, in the next I, one. I don't take the dub on the next one. Who will come out of the AFC this year? I said the Bengals. You said the Bills. You were closer on that one. <laughs> and then we were both wrong on who will win through 58. I said the Eagles. You said the Bills. 
neither team is in the Super Bowl. So no. So that's that on the 2023 season from us. What do you think, Jordan? It is very interesting. I mean, we'll have grades too. Yeah. That'll be, but to think of like where we were, what, six months ago. And just like, this is how we thought the 2023 NFL season was going. Yeah. And it's not even just that we were off base in terms of league wide stuff outside of me picking the Lions to be the MC North winner. Um, Packers, like, it does not resemble. We were off on Jordan Love, and thankfully, off on Aaron Jones injuries. Yeah, yeah. Watson. Say, say, to be fair, a lot of this is injury based. Like a very a lot of it is a like, lot. I don't think we could have predicted that Aaron Jones would only play like nine games in the regular season. That he no. that Christian Watson would play seven or eight games in the regular season. Like, I don't think we were too far off. Like, our, I think our reasoning was sound for sure. Yeah. So, so there's that. Anything else, Mr. Tresky? No, I am very, it'll be, barring some breaking news, I think probably grades will be our next, next, week. next yeah. thing to tackle. That's right. But then, now that we're in the offseason, we'll, I'm very excited about this draft. I'm really I'm digging in, been digging in this week. Obviously, with the new defense coordinator, it kind of opens up what is possible, what is, what directions they may be leaning. Mm-hmm. Just getting very excited. Getting very excited for the nitty-gritty and how Packers football may be shaped going forward. Yeah. We fell into this trap last year where we were like, yeah, season's done. We get to kind of take a little break. Got to get to have like a little bit of rest time. We forgot that the rest time in the NFL season doesn't come until like May. Like, yes, we have stuff to talk about every week for the next uh, three months, four months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, with that being said, we'll be back with you guys next week for some grades on the Packers season, uh, player by player. So, be on the lookout for that. You can catch all of the GSPN shows at gspn.info including the Bucks pod, the Eurostep, and one in six, as they continue to talk about the tumultuous last couple of weeks for the Bucks. Um, the trade deadline is Tuesday, as you're listening to this. So Next Thursday. It's a Thursday? It's always Thursday. I thought it was a Tuesday. Alas, that's why I'm not a Bucks <laughs> podcaster. Um, the draft, or the draft, the deadline is next Thursday. We'll have... Bucks boys will have all sorts of coverage on that. Should the Bucks, Bucks boys. should the Bucks make a trade? They absolutely should. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, go check out Cruising for a Bruising. Pitchers and catchers report in two weeks. And a pitcher reporting to Baltimore and not Milwaukee is Corporate Burns. Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder are going to have the Very latest jubilant and about great. This. Yeah. I I'm sick of it. I I'm glad that they got something for him. Um Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder will have the latest and greatest about that trade uh, on Cruising for a Bruising. I'm guessing hitting your podcast feeds. If not, they're already quite soon um, on Friday. But that's just me speculating. I don't know when they're recording. But you can also check out Adam and Andrew's other podcasts to make time for this while you're waiting for Cruising for a Bruising to drop as they get ready for um, Oscar season as the nominees were announced. They just released a new episode, and I have to go look at it. Oh, I'm so smart. They were reacting to the Oscar nominations 
and sharing their most anticipated films of 2024. That uh, podcast is fresh off the table, off the off the oven, out of the oven. I don't care. Uh, the 26th, so not even a week old. Go check it out. So that does it for us, folks. As I mentioned, back next week for grades for some of the Packers. Be sure to check it out. Like, subscribe, refollow, review all over that stuff. Wherever you listen to podcasts, if you're watching on YouTube, click that subscribe button, like button, and we appreciate it. So thank you for listening. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you. time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply